Hello, City Hope. I want to say to the Mobile Campus, Foley Campus, Baymanet, all the guys at Malbus, I want to say thank you for being planted in the house. And that means that you have bought into the vision, you're following God, you're serving, you're giving, you're tithing, you're all in. And this is your home church. And sometimes we may take you for granted. Uh, you do so much. Serving, giving, and I just want to say it's an honor to pastor you. And to me, it's the greatest church on the face of the earth. Amen. You. Not me, you. Five years ago, I had the opportunity to meet a, a lady. I started to say young lady. She is a young lady. I'll call her young. And uh, she's the founder of a ministry in India, in Chennai. And it's Christ's Faith Home. And so in my first visit there, I realized that her vision came from the Father. Because there she has an orphanage for boys, an orphanage for girls. There she has a ministry to the senior widows, 80, 90 years old. She has a ministry to single moms, which would be the modern-day widow. Uh, not to mention a Christian school. But I thought, here is a lady that is after the heart of God. You see, the heart of the Lord is the poor, the orphan, and the widow. And 30 years now, they have been in, in this ministry and doing a phenomenal job. And we're just blessed and honored today that she and her daughter are here with us. So, Maida and Sunita, would you stand and let everybody see you? Would you give them a hand of appreciation for all they do? Yes. Honor them. Bless you. And for the Malvis campus, they will be in the commons after the services. So I encourage you to go by and speak to them, encourage them. And I promise you, if you're ever brave enough to go to her house, she will fix you some real Indian food. <laughs> and you will cry. <laughs> I have been there. <laughs> but we're blessed to have them with us. Well, we want to continue the series, Jesus, Yesterday, Today, Forever. We've talked about him being the carpenter, the bread, and last weekend Trey talked about him being the shepherd. There are so many attributes of Jesus that we could cover. This weekend, I want to cover this special attribute of Jesus, and that is the physician. Jesus referred to himself as the physician. In fact, he is the great physician. The word physician, if you notice the similarities in another word, physical, physical, physician. A physician is someone who is concerned about the healing of the physical and is skilled in the art of physical healing. Now, we have several physicians in our church, and that's what they do. So is Jesus a physician? Is he the one that is skilled in the art of physical healing? I would think so since he created the physical body. And then when we look at when he was on the earth, the healings that took place. So think about this. You are three parts. You are a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body. 
So here's the question for you, and you, you can answer this out loud. It's not a trick. It's not a setup. Is Jesus concerned about your spirit? Yeah. Is he concerned about your soul? Okay. Well, isn't it sad that he's only concerned about two-thirds of you? Because that would be the belief that some hold today. But no, Jesus is concerned about the wellness of your spirit, the wellness of your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and the wellness of our body. And God, there are three ways that God heals. First, God heals naturally. And I would say probably all of us have been healed naturally. It's something as simple as if you, if you cut your finger, God designed it that the blood would clot and that it would start the healing process and you wouldn't bleed to death. Secondly, God heals miraculously as well. Uh, he, he heals medically. Secondly, I got ahead of myself. I'm so excited about the miraculous. Number two, he heals medically as well. Let, let, me, let me ask you. I want you to be honest, okay? How, how many of you have ever broken a bone? How many of you have ever had stitches? Man, we're a clumsy bunch of people, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. How many of you have ever had minor surgery? How many of you have ever had major surgery? Cosmetic surgery. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't, don't, don't go there. Uh, don't go there. <laughs> if you've ever had surgery, stitches, broken legs, broken bones, you've already experienced God's natural and God's medical healing. Don't ever discount God's wisdom through medicine. And, and let me tell you this. There are... There are certain diseases that we don't fear anymore that took the lives of so many people 50, 100 years ago because God's medical provision, medical healing took place. Thirdly, God also heals miraculously. Let me show you a story of miraculous healing. It's in the book of Mark. It's chapter 1, verse 40. Now a leper came to him, Jesus, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him i am willing be cleansed as soon as he had spoken immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed this is a miraculous healing right so i it I, there are three questions for us about jesus being the physician so here's the first question why is jesus a physician now, we're going to look at the three words that I want to highlight in that text we just read, but I want to show you those three words in another text. It's in Matthew 14, 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. So why is Jesus a physician? Because he loves people. He had compassion for the sick, and his passion took action, and his love in action, and he heals people because he loves them. But now there's a good reason to clarify this because most of you are thinking, okay, I know that. But there's a reason to clarify this because there is a heretical teaching that says that Jesus only healed people while he was on the earth because he was trying to prove he was the Messiah. Now that teaching is in error and because he was not trying to prove he was the Son of God. He is the Son of God. And, and he wasn't trying to prove he is someone. He is someone and he is that person that he says he is. In fact, if you look at all the scriptures about the Messiah that talk about him fulfilling the, the messianic scriptures, you know, the ones that prophesy about the Messiah, you, you have to remember Jesus wrote those scriptures about himself. 
So in those scriptures, he wasn't saying this is what the Messiah will be like. No, he was saying this is who I am. He wasn't walking on the earth carrying around a Torah and pulling it open and saying, well, let's see, the Messiah heals five people a day. I've only healed two today. Hey, you guys find me three more sick people so I can prove I'm the Messiah. That, that's not what he did. And under this point, number one, I have three subpoints to show you something that Jesus is not. And I have to bring this out because th- there has been so much misteaching about healing that even when I start to teach on healing when I throw out the title I can almost feel a little resistance or or maybe I feel a little doubt but I want you to know that City Hope Church we believe Jesus is the physician that heals today yesterday and forever he hasn't changed so let me show you three things that Jesus is not he's not a sensationalist in other words he never healed anyone to draw attention to himself And it's very important because today there are people who seem to have made a show of physical healing. And here's the sad thing about that. Because then those of us that I would call normal, most of you, uh, you don't want to have anything to do with healing then. We actually shy away from it because we don't want to be associated with the show that we've seen. Yet Jesus healed people everywhere he went. And and he, he never did it to draw attention to himself or his ministry. And if you go on in this story on the leper, you'll see he said to him, don't go tell anybody. And then the Bible says, however, he went and told everybody. And, and you would have too. Jesus wasn't doing it to show off or draw attention to himself because his time had not come. And, and he was doing it to, because he was moved with compassion. Secondly, Jesus is not a confessionalist. I made up that word. Th- this is what I mean by that. I, I, I believe in confessing the word. I believe in speaking in faith and speaking the word of God. But let me expan- explain. Confessing is not denying the facts. Confessing is stating the truth. I'll say it another way. Faith is not denying facts. Faith is saying and stating the truth. So today, there is a hyper-faith movement. There's a hyper-prosperity movement. There's a hyper grace movement. In fact, just about any subject in the Bible, there's a hyper of it. It's like a man that I that I knew that I knew well enough to do this. He he, you know, I came in contact with him, and and, you know, it's like, man, you're sick. I'm not sick. Yeah, you're sick. You you know, I don't know if you got the cold or the flu. You know, I I I don't know, but you don't need to be around us because we're going to catch it. So why don't you go home? No, I'm not sick. I I don't have the flu, and and I I don't have a fever. And he's coughing, and his nose is running like a faucet. You know, and I said, No, you you do. You're sick. You you have fever, and I'm not sick. My nose is not running. Well, I I can see the snot running. Now you know. I'm sorry. Your 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 whole face looks like it's burning up with fever. Okay, so what's he doing? He's been taught to, that, that if he said he had fever or, or that he was sick, that he, that wasn't a statement of faith. But he's denying the facts, and he thinks that's faith. Here's how he should have responded. Yeah, my nose is running. Yes, I have fever, and I shouldn't be at work. And, and, and God is my healer. Or yes, I have a cold. Or yes, but, but I'm trusting God for healing. In other words, yes, the doctors have said this, and the doctors have said that, but I'm trusting God, and that's not denying the facts. And many times, here's what happens confessionalists work hand in hand with sensationalists and they say well if the person isn't healed well it's not my fault they just didn't confess enough or they didn't have enough faith and that's not true thirdly Jesus is not a dispensationalist in other words he does not believe he was only healing in one time frame he healed before he came to the earth and he healed after he left the earth 
The reason is he's not a dispensationalist is because of the immutability of God, which means God can't change. Jesus can't change. So if Jesus was moved with compassion on this earth when he saw sick people, he's still moved with compassion when he sees sick people today. He he can't change. The text we read in Mark 1, he said, I am willing. Remember all the I am's of Jesus. And there's, there's a whole sermon that I could do on the I am's of Jesus. We've talked about some. I am the shepherd. I am the door. I am the bread. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Is he not I am anymore? Why doesn't Jesus say, oh, I was? But understand, Jesus was, Jesus is, and Jesus will be forever and forever. In other words, if he healed people when he was on the earth, he still heals people today. He, He can't change. And listen, he did it before he came to the earth. In Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord who heals you. So he's not a dispensationalist from the standpoint that he thought, oh, I'm going to do this for a few years. Jesus wasn't just compassionate for three and a half years of ministry. He's still compassionate. Now, I want to show you just a few scriptures on healing. So this is the word, so so don't turn it off, but just, just listen. Matthew 4, 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. We believe in teaching. We believe in preaching. And healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. And then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and, and he healed them. Then you flip over a couple more chapters in Matthew 8, verse 16, when the evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. You see that? Jesus bore our sicknesses. That's in your Bible, and it's in the New Testament. In 1 Peter, Peter said he bore our sins. So why would he bear our sins, but we, we, we don't believe he bore our sicknesses when the Bible says so? Luke 4, verse 40. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick or various diseases brought them to him. He laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Flip over a couple chapters to Luke 6, verse 17. He came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and and, and be healed of their diseases as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits and they were healed and the whole multitude sought to touch him. Notice the word touch. I'll come back to it. For power went out from him and he healed them all. Jesus healed all who came to him, and he, and, he, and he healed some who didn't come to him. He healed all who came to him, and there is no record of him not healing someone who came to him, and he healed some people who didn't come to him. The woman who was bent over, she could not lift herself up, she didn't, Jesus called her over. The man with the withered hand, he didn't ask to be healed. Jesus called him over and said, stretch forth your hand. The blind man who's in, in John 8 who's sitting at the gate of the temple, he didn't ask to be healed. Jesus just healed him. So understand that God loves people. God wants to heal people. And when he was on this earth, he was simply being himself and he healed all. Here's my second point and a question. Is it his will to heal? And Mark 1 that we read, the leper said, if you're willing he didn't say if you're capable. Most of us don't really doubt his ability. We, we doubt his willingness. 
And that's sad because here's what we do. We pray a lot of prayers for healing, and here's what we'll do. And I don't know if we've learned this, where we picked this up, but we'll, we'll, say, we'll pray a prayer for healing, and we'll say, if it's your will. Or you can pull it out of the King James, if it be thy will. We put thy in there because when we get to heaven, we're all going to speak King James in heaven. <laughs> if it be thy will, Lord, that sounds more spiritual right now. I'm being facetious. That's exactly what the leper is saying, though. Is it your will? Can you heal me? If it's your will, you can heal me. Are you willing? Willing comes from the word will. That's what he's asking. Is it your will? Mark 141. We've already read it, but look at it again. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him and said to him, I'm willing. Be cleansed. I am willing. He said, it's, it's my will. It's my will. And, and he can never change. Here's the problem. We question his willingness and when we do, that sets us up for, oh, if it's God's will, he'll heal me. Oh, I guess it wasn't his will. So look at this scripture about his willingness. Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The word will means desire. Is it God's desire is what he's saying. God's desire is for everyone to be saved, but everyone is not going to be saved, but it's his desire. So my question is, why don't we say the same thing to people who want to get saved that want to be healed? Because when someone comes to you or someone comes to the front and and they say, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, then do we say, okay, well, pray this, Lord, if it be thy will, save me. No, we don't do that. We say, well, let me explain how to receive salvation by grace through faith. Why isn't everyone healed? Well, a lot of people are healed, and we never hear about it. I'll give you, I'll just do this, just randomly. Every campus, do this for me. How many of you know that God has healed your body physically at least once? Hold your hand up. Now, keep them up. Now, look across the room. See, you probably didn't hear about all those, did you? Every campus, I guarantee you, the same thing happened. So why isn't everyone healed? Secondly, we live in a fallen world. And thirdly, some of us have become too intelligent to be healed. And I'm not putting condemnation on people, but again, we live in a fallen world, and we do live in bodies that are eventually going to die. But listen to me. I don't believe God wants us to die from disease. I believe he wants us to die from old age. And we, 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 we read about Jesus that walked on the earth and he healed everyone who came to him. And it's amazing to me in my travels, to, especially to poor countries, how many people have stories of being miraculously healed. The, the, the ladies from India, I guarantee you, they can tell you story after story. And, and, and here's why, here, here's why that they, they have no other choice except to believe and trust Jesus. But in this area about believe and trust Jesus in healing, we hit a wall. We hit a wall. There is a Hebrew word, yabbat, and I'm not going to tell you what that word means, but most believers, you don't know this, but you can pronounce it. Because when you start talking about healing and believing in healing, we say yabbat, 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 yabbat yourself out of a blessing. It's amazing, just amazing to me. Oh, and remember the word touched in our text? You understand that no one touched a leper? 
no family member. They lived in colonies. They had to cry out unclean when they were so many feet away from you, depending on which way the wind's blowing. And this leper is taking a chance by coming up to Jesus. And there is a word that's translated for touch in the Greek that's a very, very common word. But this is not that word in this text. This is an uncommon word. It's very a rare word, and it actually means touched. And this text actually means embraced, hugged. Jesus hugged him. And remember, the leper is supposed to cry out, unclean, unclean. Why? Because in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, the unclean made the clean unclean. I mean, if you were clean, you couldn't touch a dead body or you couldn't touch a leper because you became unclean. The unclean made the clean unclean. In the new covenant that we're under, the clean makes the unclean clean. The clean in Jesus is stronger than the unclean in you. Did you hear me? The clean in Jesus is stronger than the unclean in you. So here's my final question. Is he willing to heal me? So why is Jesus the physician? Because he loves people. It's his will to heal. It's his will to heal. We, We have his words. I am willing, and Jesus can't change. But the real question is, is he willing to heal me? This is actually what the leper is asking. Oh, he knew Jesus healed. He'd heard the stories of hundreds that have been healed. And he's saying, are you willing to heal someone like me? Are you willing to heal someone like me that has a bad attitude sometimes? Who can't control my temper sometimes? I don't read the Bible enough, or I don't read the Bible at all, or I don't pray enough. I I know God heals, but is God willing to heal me? Is there anyone here who believes that you're more deserving or better than this leper? No, that's not our problem. Our problem is most of us believe we are less deserving or worse than this leper. But you have to remember what grace is for. Grace is for the undeserving. His grace is not for the deserving. Watch the scripture in Mark 2, verse 16. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, he said to his disciples, how is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? I don't know if you've ever noticed in scripture they put tax collectors and sinners together. I I don't don't know about, that's probably another sermon. Uh, Verse 17, when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I didn't come to call the righteous, but the sinner, sinners to repentance. He's referring to himself and those who are sick. So watch, grace is for the undeserving, and the way you get saved is by grace. Listen, that's how you get healed too. That's how you get healed too. Hey, listen, you're not good enough to get healed. In fact, I have news for all of you. You are still bad enough to get healed. Oh, you were bad enough to be saved, and now you're you're still, you're saved, but you think, well, I'm not good enough to be healed. No, you're, you're still bad enough to receive God's grace, and he wants to touch you. If you study every case of healing in the New Testament, you will find a common thread. And many of you may be thinking, yeah, they all had faith. But what about the ones that didn't even ask? We don't know if they had faith. The Bible doesn't tell us. 
And I understand we need to receive by faith. I'm not discounting that. But I am simply saying that's not the common thread of every person who got healed in the New Testament. The common thread is all of them were sick. (laughs) They were all sick. They needed healing. They had an encounter with Jesus, the physician. And I'm inviting you to have an encounter with him this weekend. And I'm telling you something about Jesus. He is the physician. He is skilled in the art of physical healing, and he can heal you. He can heal you today, or he can start the process today. And, and, and I want you to know something. It seems, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I didn't actually count this out to see, but, but, but every prayer request and every need that comes in and all of that, I get that every day, every day, every day. And it just seems like lately it's just more and more and more and more and more sickness and, and odd and strange and peculiar diseases and things. It's just like ongoing. And these, these are people in our church and these are people in our church and their families. And so I wanted to squeeze in this series, this most unique attribute, the physician. Because I I want you to understand how this works. Because your view on this may be skewed. Your thoughts may be off a little bit. And I can understand that. I, I can understand that. But when you go back to the Word and what Jesus said and what the Word teaches, then you can't deny that. You, you can't deny it. And if there is negative thoughts and ideas there, you've got to get rid of those because he's a healer. There, there are people that I know in our church that have had incre- miraculous healings. And then there are people in our church who have had healings from the simplest little thing. What does that mean? It doesn't matter to God. Just, it doesn't matter. If it's something you have need of, he, he, he wants to take care of it. It's like children. When they're so young, they, they want, you know, of course they don't want to go to the doctor, but, the, you know, if they've been trained right, they, they want to pray, ask Jesus, because they believe, they have the childlike faith to believe he's the healer. So he is the physician. He is skilled in the art of physical healing, and he can heal you. Now here's what I want to do. I want to close just a little differently this weekend. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to ask you, please don't move around for the next just few minutes. Just let me wrap this up this way. I'm not finished yet, so please don't move around. But I am asking you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Then I'm going to ask, how many of you would say there is something physical in my life and I need to be healed? I want you to put your hand up to the Lord. Just hold it up to the Lord. In your heart, I want you to say, Lord, I know you're willing. And I know I'm bad enough. And the same way I receive my salvation, I receive my healing now in Jesus' name. Now you can put your hands down. Now look at me. I want to pray for everyone who raised their hand. And then we're going to end this service like we end every service. We're going to have leaders here in the front in just a moment who will pray with you, who will take you by the hand, or they may lay hands on you and pray according to the Scriptures. But first, I want to pray for you. And if you raised your hands and you need Jesus to touch you, 
embrace you, hug you because of a physical problem. As you're seated, I want all the campus, I just want you to put your hands out in front of you, turn their hands up in a receiving mode. And I'm going to pray for every person at every campus. I'm going to pray for all the men at home and all the men at Fountain and everyone online. See, where you are doesn't change what Jesus can do. Lord, you see your children, all of them. And God, you're still moved with compassion today because you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus, I ask you right now to heal my brothers and sisters in Jesus. I ask you to heal them in Jesus' name. And Lord, it says in Scripture that you heal those oppressed by the devil. You said, Lord, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. And if, Lord, if there is a spirit of infirmity attached to any sickness or disease, to those who have raised their hand, by the authority of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I rebuke every sickness and disease. I rebuke every demonic spirit of sickness or disease in Jesus' name. And I say to those who lifted their hand to you, I say to those who have their hands in a receiving mode, be healed in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord Jesus, and we receive it today by grace, through faith, in Jesus' name. And the church said, and the church said, now, I want you to do one thing for me, and I'm finished. I, I, I know that maybe this isn't, for some, imperative right now to know this, but there will be a day and there will be a time. This is something that you need to know what you've learned today because we live in a fallen world. But I think that what we should do as a church all across the campuses, I think that we should stand up and give the Lord a thank you offering that Jesus is the physician. Would, would you do that with me? Would you stand? Come on. Come on. Come on, church. Come on, church. Give thanks. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the great physician.